Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 128 men and 128 women began with the dream. And six rounds later, just two remain on either side at the 2022 Australian Open. We'll break down the women's final. American Danielle Collins looks to stop Ash Barty from becoming the first Aussie to win the title in more than 40 years. Plus, Rafa Nadal is now one win away from becoming the men's all-time major title leader. But Daniil Medvedev stands in his way. And one trophy is already taken. We mix it up on the doubles court as two stars take out a local Aussie team. All those stories and much, much more on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live. Championship weekend at the Australian Open. Welcome to TC Live presented by Geico on day 13. It's our pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. The women's final is tonight and the men tomorrow. Take a look at this. Ash Barty looking to break a 44-year Aussie drought and Danielle Collins going for her first major title. It's the fifth meeting between these two. Barty holding a 3-1 edge, but that one for Collins came in their last meeting. With that, we welcome you back into the studio. Great to have you with us. Steve Weissman, Hall of Famer Martina Navratilova, Hall of Famer Lindsay Davenport. <laughs> from 60 Minutes and Sports Illustrated with John Wertheim. <laughs> like, Martina, yes, Lindsay. We're here. Settle down, settle down. Uh, it's an exciting week. It's Saturday in Melbourne. We got a final tonight. Yeah, I mean, this is what we've been watching the last two weeks to see the conclusion on both sides. I'm so excited for tonight. I mean, either way, either a player winning their first major or how about for Ash, what it would be like to be able to win in her home country. Either way, there's going to be pretty emotional scenes. You never reach this point and say, bad, bad tournament. But this, is, <laughs> this has really been a fun event. And we have, uh, we, we've got history on the line. We have an Australian woman in the final. We've got Rafa. We've got Medvedev. I mean, this is really sort of shaped up as a, as a very special tournament. Rough first two weeks to the year, but you know what? Once the balls are in play, this event really delivered. We're excited about the <clears throat> final lineup. Imagine what the players are feeling with Rafa going for history, Medvedev two in a row. Daniel Collins never been there before, and Ash Barty, who knows if she'll keep playing because she's like, this is as good as it gets. <laughs> 43 years ago was the last time an Aussie won, 44 now. So, yeah, we're excited, and they must be just jumping out of their skin. All right, we're going to break down that women's final coming up on the show. But first, let's see how the men got to the championship, starting with Rafa Nadal and Matteo Berrettini. Rafa said the first two sets were two of the best for a long time, Martina. Rafa came out firing the topspin forehand. Berrettini likes to run around his backhand, but with all the topspin and power from Rafa and the depth he was getting, he just couldn't get to enough forehands. And when he did get there, he missed more than he had winners. And that's because Rafa was defending so beautifully. 
finally, uh, Berrettini gets the break. He only two break points he had the whole match. And uh, and he, he broke Rafa here, wins the third set. But you see how much he had to redline his shots. He had to play beautiful tennis to find any daylight against Rafa Nadal. Rafa gets the break in, uh, at 4-3, just running and and, and, and handcuffing uh, Berrettini. He just did, he had to guess. And once you start guessing, you got problems. Rafa just wearing Berrettini down. He was impenetrable. His defense was as good as it gets. It was a big time for Rafa Nadal, who said a month and a half ago he didn't know if he'd be able to play tennis. How about his 29th major final, number six in Australia? What it means for Nadal. Something completely unexpected. Uh, so I am super happy. Uh, of course, everybody knows me, and uh, I always uh, want to try my best. And uh, of course, my goal now is to win. For me, it's much more important to have the chance to play tennis than than win the 21, no? uh, because that makes me more happy in terms of general life. No, be able to do the thing that I that I like to do more than achieving uh, uh, another Grand Slam. We like a happy Rafa, but nonetheless, this is what he's going for. Federer had his chance at 21 at Wimbledon. Djokovic had his chance at 21 in New York last year. Now Nadal gets a chance at 21 in Australia. Ironically, the one place where he only has one major title. Going for history, he's already made a little bit. 500 now. Match wins on hard courts. You know who else is in that category? Federer, Djokovic, Agassi. Hmm. And it's Nadal. But what did you make of the emotional reaction at the end? I loved it. And you very rarely see tears from Rafa. And when he went to his bench, that was a lot. Uh, You know, he's crying in his hands, trying to hide it. You could see how much this meant to him. And we've heard him say, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to play tennis again. And you could see that all come pouring out of him after that win. I love the match he played. The first two sets, he was absolutely dominant, playing Berrettini's backhand, really trying to play to his patterns. Give Berrettini a lot of credit. Early in the third, something clicked for him where he got more aggressive. He actually changed the patterns. All of a sudden, he was starting to play his forehand more. He was starting to dictate play. And in the fourth, Rafa, he had to grind to hold serve. Berrettini was serving and holding so comfortably. Rafa in trouble in a couple service games, but really upped the pace on his serve, got some free points, and just was biding his time till his little opening to break serve. It was it was a master class in Rafa also kind of just managing his emotions, also managing the physicality. Um, that was a veteran win by Nadal. I thought that was peak Rafa in many respects. First was just the first hour was just it was brilliant tennis, and he absolutely found the backhand. He played as well off of clay as I – you could make the case. I've never seen him play a better hour of tennis off of clay. Another third set dip. He's had a lot of those this tournament. And then he recovers and wins and plays the big points better. It was just sort of everything you wanted in a Nadal performance. I think the whole context here matters, including his injury. I'll give you a uh, – I'll give you a quick stat. For, oh, we got our thing. Yeah, yeah work on like stat of the day. Snuck it in again. We've got a couple of them, but this is one of them. This was his 50th win over a top 10 opponent in a major. Only Federer and Djokovic have more. He gets another chance, and I think that's the big question. Will he get 51 on Sunday? Do we think the numbers on that board are going to change? Yeah, it's a tough out for, uh, for Rafa, but you see how much it means to him. Uh, as as he's getting close to this record. But just most injuries you can rehab. Even surgeries, you rehab, you get back into it. His foot thing is completely up beyond his control. 
and he didn't know if he could play. And to see him play and appreciate it so much, as you get older, it means more to you. You know, you're at the end of your career, and it just means so much more. It was so nice to see that emotion come through. And most of all, play best tennis when it mattered the most. Mm -hmm. Best tennis when it matters most. Undefeated this year, he will go for number 21. So from history to a couple guys who have history between themselves, uh, a rematch from last year's Australian Open semifinal. Daniil Medvedev, Stefano Tsitsipas. This one got chippy, Lindsay. Yeah, it did. And Medvedev able to come up clutch in that first set breaker. This would shoot huge. Tsitsipas had a mini break, lost it, and then with this 4 a.m. error here, first set to Medvedev. And then, Steve, this is where things started to get spicy. <laughs> Medvedev had just gotten broken and was incredibly upset over that, taking his frustration out on the umpire, calling Tsitsipas out for receiving coaching. Tsitsipas, credit to him, did not let it bother him. Came right back out, held serve in a long game, and wins the second set. If you don't, you are a, how can I call it, small cat. Called him a small cat. Uh, a nice way to say something else, Lindsay. Yeah, and Medvedev, a credit to him. He was able to rebound early in the third set. Started to get a bit more aggressive. Steve wins this set. And then you felt like it was going to be an uphill battle for Tsitsipas. And then early in the fourth, it finally came. The tournament had moved Eva Azdorati more right under the Tsitsipas box. She speaks Greek. She gave the signal to the chair umpire. And he was dinged for coaching. And Steve, he did not win another game. Medvedev totally dominated in the fourth set. Tsitsipas tried to get back in it, but Medvedev played perhaps his best set of the tournament in that fourth. Got what he wanted in the end. 39 winners, four breaks for Medvedev. Since the start of last season, he's gone 19-1 at hardcourt majors. So he is in the final. Obviously not the greatest handshake at the end. And Tsitsipas asked about what happened on court. Sure, funny. <laughs> it's funny. I don't. I don't pay attention to this stuff. I know it's uh, players like to do this stuff to uh, throw you off mentally, and uh, um, could be maybe a tactic. It's all right. He's not the most mature person, anyways. You got very fired up. What was that all about, and did that help you get through the finish line in this one? To be honest, I don't think emotions, uh, like bad emotions, helped me too much. And when I made it, um, I, many times I lose a match because of this, because you lose concentration, you lose too much energy, which maybe in the fourth set is not enough. So as soon as I've done it, I was like, that was a big mistake. But uh, I'm happy that I managed, you know, to reconcentrate for the beginning of the third set. Didn't play well at all. 15-40 managed to, to pull out some serves, and that brought me back into the match. And I was like, Okay, I lost some energy, but I have to have to refocus. The match is quite important, I think. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I tried my best, and I'm happy it worked. With our Jim Courier there, so Daniil Medvedev into his fourth major final. Of course, beat Novak Djokovic at the U.S. Open, looking to become the first man in the open era to win a second major right after he won his first. 
And we'll see if he can do that against Rafa Nadal. But first, Martina, what did you make of those shenanigans? Well, a couple of turns of phrase I haven't heard before. Small cat <laughs> and reconcentrate. Uh, but uh, Daniel, you know, he shouldn't have to t- tell the umpire to watch for the coaching violation. Stefano's mom, fa- father has been doing it so many times, and they've got to pay more attention to it. He shouldn't have to tell the ump to do his job, but he did lose it a little bit. Uh, and, and then and Stefano says, you know, he's immature, little, but tell your father to be quiet already. Anyhow, it's all good. They, they both played their best tennis, uh, part, of the, part of the match, but Medvedev brought his best stuff, and that was rightfully the winner. But mm. enough already. Completely in agreement. First of all, this, this sadly overshadowed the tennis. I mean, I mm. thought this was just X's and O's, great match. Medvedev, can this possibly be right? 86% of his serving, but yeah. only what, 14% yeah. of his return points did, uh, did Tsitsipas. Two return points, one in the first set. It's pretty good serving. But, no, I mean, everyone's talking about the, the antics and the, the epithets. And I think, I mean, I think you and I might have our first disagreement on day 12. First. I'm totally with you. This guy has a reputation for bending rules, for his father coaching him. Every tournament, there are warnings, there are points. We had to have a secret agent go underneath, uh, <laughs> go, going, yeah, go, going incognito to listen who speaks Greek, like, yeah. Play by the rules, dude, and we won't have this problem. I mean, should Medvedev have lost his head like that? Probably not. But I, I think this is all on Tsitsipas, and it's habitual. Yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about it before the show. I just feel like it can't come from the other player, like Martina said. This has to be – I'd be fine if Avastarocki had been there the whole match, and they were anticipating it. But when the other player starts asking for things, to, coaches to be called, um, I, I don't know. That seemed a bit much to me. It seems like all these guys – feel so free to just pile on to Sitsipas. We saw it from Zverev in Cincinnati. We heard it from Murray after the US Open, and now it's Medvedev here. Um, he clearly is an easy target for them. I, I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> they love, nobody yeah, else is doing it. Well, yeah. He's not the only one coaching. He's not, he's not taking he's a not the to only the one toilet. Coaching. And other people are, you right. give messages, they start talking from the stands. I, I don't know. It just seemed like a bit much at that stage of a, a Grand Slam semi. You can't have coaching, but you also can't yell at a chair umpire like that. No. no. Point, That's abusive. At what point does prior behavior matter? I mean, Every single event, there's an issue with this. It's an open secret that it goes the on. The coaching. Well, then you the could cheating. say the treatment of the umpire. I mean, he, you can't but be, it, do what Medvedev's doing and yelling at Cressy and yelling at the umpire and now pulling it in. I just think if, if you're Medvedev and you know that this is habitual and every single tournament there's an issue here and people hear it, I agree with you. It shouldn't fall on him to have to start getting yeah. officials out there, but it's easy to see why this is a source of frustration. I like that play from the tours. I mean, there's no linesman anymore to go kind yeah. of... Sometimes yeah, they could go point. rat him out to the chair umpire, but then point. have somebody below each each player box. That's, That's a great point. But Ben has the right to complain. He should have done it nicer. Yeah. But they, they need to preempt it. <laughs> yeah. They need to preempt it next time. Just have somebody sit there. But I will say, the last segment, small dog. yes Lulu coming in Uh, I like the entertainment I love the entertainment I love the rivalry I like that they don't like each other Mm -hmm. and it gives us something to talk about and y'all had some great points there it's Rafa Nadal and Daniil Medvedev for the title 3-1 Nadal Medvedev won the last match they played three sets ATP finals we'll see what happens when those two take the court but when we come back and Daniel Collins crash the Barty party We'll tell you what both players must do to raise the trophy. TC Live at the Australian Open is presented by GEICO. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Continues to cement her status as the best player on the planet. Now take a look at Barty Boulevard. Not a lot of speed bumps there. Averaging 61 minutes a match. Hasn't dropped a set. And it looks very similar to the road to Roland Garros. And that title in 2019. Pagula and Asimova keys. And now Collins once again. Craig Tizer, coach, said she hasn't even played her best tennis yet, Martina. Uh, one of the things she does better than anyone else is the backhand slice. Not a lot of other players on the WTA are doing that. Why is it so effective? Well, it's effective for two reasons. Most players have a two-handed backhand, and it's harder to reach it with two hands than with one hand. Also, they like to be further behind the baseline. Uh, but her best uh, backhand is the cross-court one, and she can hit a deep or short cross-court and really open up the court. And, uh, and the people really, the, the women really don't want to come inside the court. It's low to their backhand. They, they have a shorter court to work with. They have to hit up on the ball. And she can actually open up points with that. Now she's it's on a side slice to the forehand and a short one cross court here. Point over. I mean, she can, she can be offensive with a defensive shot, which the slice mm. didn't used to be a defensive mm -hmm. shot, but now it is for the most part, but she uses it in an offensive way as well. Most of all, it's the low bounce that drives people crazy with the two hands particularly. Like I say, even from those highlights, you can see this is not a defensive bailout shot. I mean, she's using that to change court position. What was the stat one of you guys had? Something like 85% yeah. of her backhands are being slices tournament. tournament? Uh, compared to crazy. last year, 55% at this tournament. So clearly a, a tactical adjustment she's made in, in not even trying to drive the two-handed backhand on this quick court. But, Martina, we talk slice backhands. Can we talk the Navratilova slice backhand a little bit? Had one of the best slice backhands. Oh, well, Roy Emerson helped me so much on that shot. It really made me knife it and, and get it deeper into the court. I worked with him in 77, 78 uh, during the Boston Lobsters days. And I used it both as, a, as an offensive shot as well as a defensive shot. Here, that was a pretty good jump there. Uh, but most of the time, I would use it to get into the net. It wasn't really to open up the court, but to come to the net. It's easier to come in off the slice than a drive. And that was match point. That's my first U.S. Open uh, against Chris in 83. Um, anyway, I, I used it both down the line and cross court, but most of the time, down the line, it allows you to get to the net quickly, and, and, and you keep the ball in front of you, and then I can, you know, hopefully... Hit the volley. Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly. We saw that you could uh, all the time. Lindsay, you told us that back 30 years ago, half of the top 10 hit slices. Why yeah. is that not the case anymore? Yeah, it's so interesting when we were looking up the players and, and wondering another reason why Bardi's is so successful. I mean, she hits it so well, but nobody else really slices. And we looked at rankings from 1992. We picked a year five of the top 10 
had one-handed slice backhands for the majority of the time, led by, by this Good. woman, Steffi Graf, who, ironically, when she would practice, Steph would actually drive her backhand almost all the time. Then she'd get on the match court. She had a different type of slice, very offensive slice, similar to Barty. She knifed it. And again, she had the variety. She'd go hard deep. She would go short. She would use it to draw her opponents in. And, of course, also a great defensive slice when she was on the run. She had a mentality of the same as Barty is using at this Australian Open, but really using it, as John said, off her front foot, trying to, to get players to have to hit from ankle height, shin height, and see what they could do with those shots. So what's the answer? We, we had that great quote from Craig Tizer yesterday that uh, the Courtney Wynn was able to get about. Look, if you're, if you're practicing slice the day before the match, too late. Right. That, sail, that ship has sailed. What, what's the answer? Why are we, I mean, you see how effective it is. Why aren't more players resorting to a slice? Because most of them are not uh, hitting one-handed backhand drive. So it's such a difference from a drive with two hands to a one-handed slice. You really can't hit a two-handed slice well. So you need to hit the one-handed slice. And they just don't practice it. They don't practice it. Uh, when, when they come in through the academies, it's drive forehand, drive backhand. Right. Oh, and then maybe later you add the slice. Oh, and then maybe you learn how to volley. You know, they don't teach the whole game at the same time, and they're not comfortable with it. Also, everybody's hit, hit, hitting the ball better. And they think it's like a bailout shot, defensive shot. Uh, so a lot of reasons. But the technique isn't that great either. Yeah, That's it's really hard reason. for a player with two hands to ever feel comfortable with one hand. I always remember Pete Sampras. I mean, he was a great junior player, and he made that tactical decision at about 14 years of age. Right. I'm going to switch to a one-handed backhand. I'm going to sacrifice two years of junior tennis results because I want to learn how to volley correctly, and right. I want to get a good one-handed backhand. It's not going to happen with two hands. And Barty is one of those few. Drives with two, but has a one-handed backhand like a champ. Like Phil Under. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah, was right. another great example. Yep. Uh, and, and that's why she's number one in the world and, and is so successful. We'll see if Danielle Collins practiced before yesterday <laughs> against that slice. Because uh, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't expect to do that in the end. When we come back, it's time to dive into the Danimal. What makes Collins a threat for her first major title? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now that I've made quarterfinals, you know, at French and, and semifinals here before, I think I can use those experiences to certainly help me um, in the tight pressure moments on court, and, and I can use that to my advantage. Uh, last time I was here in the semifinals, I had never done that before, and I've made some deeper runs in tournaments since then, so hopefully I can carry the confidence that I've gained over the last couple of years and, and be able to use that to my advantage. Well, this is a confident-looking run for Danielle Collins. Getting to her first major final, she has spent 10 hours and 37 minutes on court. Compare that to Barty's six hours, so four hours more on court. She comes into this match, the underdog, and yet she is full of confidence. The only statistical category in which she actually has better numbers than Ash Barty is second serve return points one. <laughs> That's the one. But what does she need to be better at tonight? 
She's going to have to hold her serve. When you play an opponent who has gotten broken one time in the whole tournament, twice this whole season so far, you have to be able to hang with her holding serve. Nobody's been able to do that yet. Barty does a great job of just chipping back returns. Collins doesn't go for huge first serves. She kind of just goes to get them in. Um, it'll be interesting to see if she can hang tough in the beginning by holding serve. She's going to break serve. I, she returns so well. She's going to put pressure on Barty with the second, but she has to be able to stand up to the line, get some free points. And I, I actually don't think the slice is going to bother her as much as it has other players in this tournament. Collins gets down so well for her shots. She really know. uses her legs well. Um, it'll be interesting to see those service numbers at the end of this match. I'm interested to see. We talked about the, the Sitsipas Medvedev match and all the, the beef there, and I don't think we're going to see that. But I'm interested to see whether some of the intensity and the fist pumping, whether that gets to Barty. They played each other last year. They played each other four times, as you say, Stephen. I, I was told by Australian journalists that, that Barty didn't really take so well to, uh, to, to some of the antics. And, you know, you're, you're playing an Australian player. The crowd's going to be for her. It's going to be on the big stage in front of the crowd. I wonder to what extent we're going to see some of the intensity that we're accustomed to. But I wonder if that isn't a factor in this. Um, some of this will be about backhands to backhands and handling the slice and holding serve when, when Barty has been so hard to break. But I, I do think the whole sort of vibe of the match is something that might work in Collins' favor. I think it might depend on how, how the match uh, uh, evolves because if if uh, Ash gets up early and kind of takes out that emotion away from Daniel where she can be pumping and yelling and screaming, and, okay. and, and Ash being the Aussie, you know, she right. plays fair. She doesn't do that stuff, so it would really put her off. I get that. I mean, I think it would have bothered me, too. I'm like, really? <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I think Daniel will handle the emotions really well overall because she's been through so much with the surgery, with rheumatoid arthritis that she has to deal with on a daily basis. She knows what's important. She knows how lucky she is to even be playing here. And I think that'll take some of the pressure away from her for being here. In the well, you guys time. know this, too. I mean, Barty's just been cruising. But in a way, that that's a great omen at the same time. Yep. She hasn't had any of those, right. like, five-all in the third who wants it more moments. And I wonder if that isn't something. When it, when it gets to four-all, that's not a position she's been in in this tournament. Right. She's no, barely dropping games. The only time this year was her first match of the season against Coco Goff, down a set and a break and managed to turn that one around. The big X factor is you never know how a player is going to respond to the biggest match of their yeah. career. Mm -hmm. right. No question for Collins. This is the biggest moment for her. Um, does she go out there? Does she freeze it all in the enormity of the situation? Or is she able to relax, embrace it, and really kind of just own it and play her best tennis? And also Barty. She's been there before. She has two majors. But this is the one she wants more than anything. Right. Does that catch up to her? We thought it might in this tournament. It hasn't at all. She's been cool as a cucumber. I don't know. Those are the things you got to look for early on is kind of see it in both their eyes. Yeah. Do they look comfortable? Yeah, question is, who, who, who feels more pressure? Danielle never been here before, and Barty, first Aussie in 42 years. Yep. To win this, uh, it'll be interesting. I think they'll both will handle it well, and hopefully we'll see a great match. Mm -hmm. we'd, love to, we'd love to see uh, a great match. Yeah. Yes, come on. <laughs> and, and I think Collins is going to be Collins. Like, yeah. She's, she's right. going to bring that energy no matter what. And Danielle. Headlines are social net. Take a look at 14-year-old Danielle Collins winning the 18 and under USDA National Open in Tampa. Zoo Tennis. How great is that? Colette Lewis. Shout out. Zoo Tennis. Love it. Sweet. She looks exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> Little so Danielle. Good. That's amazing. So good. Winning the 18 and under at 14. There's so that great good. picture of Barty, too, right? Yeah. Like yeah. In the rain. Right. Yeah. Right. Love right. it. Right. Love yes. it. Love junior right. tennis photos. 
Uh, we found out that Kanye Shikori was having surgery on his hip. Good news. Oh, wow. He tweeted this. Surgery went well. Rehab is starting. Look at him. He's already walking. That's fantastic. Great sign. Right. Former world number four. Hope to see him back on the court soon once again. Uh, could have some tough news on Juan Martin Del Potro. His return to Buenos Aires in jeopardy. Some soreness. We'll see. Little little pain in that knee. Um, he said he was coming back. Buenos Aeros, Rio. Montana's karma. I know. You owe this guy. Every clip we've that. seen of him hit, he's kind of just been stationary and someone's right. just kind of throwing him balls. So I thought it would be a, a big stretch for him to play a tournament. We haven't seen that practice footage of him really running around a court, but we hope. You, know, you should know how to manage rehab of all yeah. people, right? Not to rush it, but sometimes the body says, I'm, I'm done. So fingers crossed for yep. one more team. Uh, somebody mentioned uh, Little Ash Barty. Oh, We've got yes, it. Yes. There she is. <laughs> well, I'm not sure anything cool. will ever beat that one. I mean, how old is she? Seven? Six? I don't know. Eight? Put on the roof. racket's bigger than she is. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. amazing. Do we have a retractable roof? That court's so wet. <laughs> uh, I love that one. Great photo. Thank you, guys. In the control room. Yep. That's, that's an all-time photo <laughs> in tennis history. Where's Lulu? <laughs> Lulu's coming. Lulu's coming for our final segment. How do you say? A little dog. <laughs> Back with you tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, tell you what went down in that women's final and preview the men that final. ESPN 3:30 a.m. Eastern and the Encore right here on Tennis Channel at 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by. DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Plus, all customers can play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code ACE and buy Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Back on TC Live, Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve. Next week on Tennis Channel and TC Plus, the season rolls on. Sasha Zverev, Gal Monfils, Roberto Bautista Agut, all in Montpellier. And in Pune, we've got Aslan Karatsev and a bevy of ATP stars. John, you've been waiting for this all day. The mixed doubles title match. We've got 13 combined majors on one side. Mladenovic and Doding. And then you got Jason Kubler and Jamie Forlis playing for the first time together on the other. This is what they came for. In the backcourt, you have Jason Kubler and Forlis, Australian wildcard. So Kubler does, as you might know, keep a base in Sacramento. But here are the tried and true team, Dodig in the blue, Mladenovic, the partner. She was once a top 10 singles player not all that long ago. Dodig, 37 years old, they take the first. Watch this match point, guys. You try and pick on the woman, and this is what you get, Martina. Yeah, Mladenovic holding her own here at the net. That's a great stab volley there. Gets it deep here, and a nice little turn. Mike drop. A double the last shot of the day. Take that, Kubler. Back to Sacramento. (laughs) Wait, I thought he was Ozzy. (laughs) But as you knew, Lindsay, maintains a base. Uh, first round singles loser, Mladenovic, stays around for almost two more weeks and leaves with a trophy. Ninth major title for Kiki Mladenovic. Number six for Doting. Yeah. For Doting. 30, 37 years old. Yeah. Good That's for that. impressive. Good yeah. stuff. Love to see that. Well done. All right, time to pick some winners. Uh, we've got a title match to get to. Ash Barty, Danielle Collins. Who wants to start? 
Martina, who wins? Why? Well, I think, Ashley, it may go three. Although, the longer the match, the better chance Danielle has because Ash hasn't been in that uh, pressure situation. But still, she just played too well, and I think she'll get it done here. I think Lulu should go next. No, no, Lulu's Lulu. last. Lulu's last. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Lulu is the last pick. Lulu? I got to tell you. I, oh, what do you no. think I should say, Lulu? What? Look at me. Give me a something. Keep going. I don't know. I, I mean, Barty's the, the easy answer, right? Yeah. She's played so well. She's won two majors. But I don't know. There's something about Collins. I, I really mm. think she's going to do well. But I don't know. I think, I think Barty wins her third, I guess. But I'm torn. I, okay. I am torn. I think I think Collins has a good chance. Yeah, I, I do too. I, mean, I think this could be a lot closer than uh, certainly any of Barty's previous six matches. That's not saying a ton, but I think uh, a lot of this is going to be which Danielle Collins shows up. I gotta you gotta say, gotta say Barty. Yeah. But um, at the same time, this would uh, this 1978, could be a 44 years, that right? It could be on uh, Rod Laver Arena later today. Two quarterfinals, one semifinal. Now she has made. She's two sets away. Yep. Yep. Do you imagine we haven't even talked about if she wins tonight, she could go for the career slam at the U.S. Yes. Open. Right? Oh. Or what about Mar- Martina made the point? Hey, it might not get any better than this. She's going to uh, defend her Wimbledon title. I cannot imagine not defending. I mean, you know, you, you know you're going to play on Tuesday at one o'clock. It's like you're going to show up for that. Yeah, but one one U.S. Open away from a career major that seems yeah. reach. That seems reach. I mean, we're getting yeah. ahead of ourselves, but that that doesn't seem far fetched. That's now no, you're. Now you're in if history. She keeps <laughs> if she keeps playing, she should get it done, actually. Yeah. Uh, three it. years running, world number one. And then yeah. she's yeah. far and away, the, whatever yeah. points come off, she's doing just fine to, to maintain so that ranking. Yeah. We've got a bonus breakdown. We've got the men's oh, wow. doubles final. We've oh, got oh, Kyrgios oh, oh, oh. and Kakanakis. And, and all Aussie. And, Lindsay, I want you to go first here because you oh, made a great wow. point yesterday. Mm. Matt Ebden, Max Purcell, they're Australian. Yep. So what does that do? Well, I, I mean, the, it's places have been going crazy, right? This is played after the women's final. Imagine if Barty wins the singles. It's a place they've increased capacity up to 80%. I don't know if you're going that highway. Don't go to 100. But the crowd, they're going to be into the occasion. Not so one-sided for Kakanakis and Kirill. That could affect them a little bit. Ooh, I'll no? give you another one. Playing off that, I'll give you another one. This is the first unseeded team they will meet. Hmm. So you, you get up to play the, the top seed, which they did early on. This is a couple of Australians who are unseated. They're expected to win this one. I think they'll get it done. They're better yeah. players, Kukinakis and Kyrgios. And now, in, in a way, the pressure's off, and Aussie will win either way, all the Aussie yeah. team. And uh, they've been playing better and better as the tournament has gone on. So and they're, they're bigger hitters. We'll see. It'll be entertaining either way. Yeah. It should be interesting to see that crowd, the crowd yeah, reaction. Yeah. Can they get them as fired up as they've been in the past oh, against yeah. non-Aussies? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. should be conflicted, but supportive either way. Yeah. We'll break it all down for you tomorrow. The four of us back for another edition of TC Live. Who will win that women's final? Mm. Will it be Ash Barty? 44 years there hasn't been an Aussie woman take the title in Australia. Encore coverage, 11 a.m. Eastern. Thanks so much for joining us here. Day 13 of the Australian Open. Just two days left. Lulu, the swan. Oh, goodbye. A small, a little dog, says Dan Daniel.